Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church Podcast. With a new year comes a new series we are calling If Then. Life is filled with if statements that are quickly followed by then statements. In week one, we have Pastor Steve Nyland here who is in conversation about looking at 2017 as a year of reconciliation to allow God to give you growth through the ifs and thens in life. Let's listen in. We're going to get into uh, this morning, and um, man, Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody doing well? Everybody go to bed at a reasonable hour last night? Yeah, I, yeah, I did too. I was, I was aiming for, for 10, but it ended up being midnight, so I'm feeling okay about that. Um, but hopefully everybody, did everybody have a good Christmas? Hopefully you had a, a wonderful Christmas. Um, it was fun. I got to see, document a lot of Sophia's Christmas. And that was fun. She seemed like she, she liked it. Seemed like it stuck. So hopefully, uh, you know, glad she's here. Uh, also, just real quick, this is going to be very, I just apologize, going to be very scatterbrained in my brain. Um, had a conversation this morning, and the Holy Spirit just began to kind of just, like, unravel some things um, and, like, sew some new things in. But uh, we have a family in our church, uh, Josh and Kate Fitzer. Um, Josh is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but we don't hold that against him. And Kate used, uh, was formerly one of our interns. And Kate is being induced this morning uh, for baby Fitzer. So we are, the church is going to grow uh, this morning, which or today, which we're very excited about. Uh, we, we love the, that the church grows, whether it's by babies, uh, by people coming to know Jesus. Um, you know, sometimes the process of making babies is more fun, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, you know, whatever, you know. Um, but so if you think about Josh and Kate this morning or t- throughout the day, man, just be lifting them up in prayer. Um, baby number one is a terrifying experience. It is a terrifyingly wonderful experience, but uh, um, I can just say from my experience, I'm, I'm, I'm six years into t- Taylor's, this is the year I was thinking this morning, this is the year Taylor turns seven, which is horrifying. Um, and, and but I remember when Taylor was born, and, and you can talk to me about it, or you can talk to Tim and Jen. They're much closer to that experience than, than I have been. Um, but, man, this, as we think of Josh and Kate this morning, let's just remember to pray for them um, because, man, baby Fitzer's coming, and we are so excited about that. But, um, man, this morning, as, as, as we're kicking off a new series, we're going to be kicking off a, a, a new series that's going to take us throughout the, the month of January called If Then. And, uh, and so it, um, we're going to be talking about if, then, and the, the thing that I'm most excited about about the new year, the thing that I'm most excited about with this series is when I really think about it, everything that happens today has the potential of being not just a new experience, if it's a new experience for you, but a better experience than it was last year. You have an opportunity this year to be a better son, a better daughter, a better brother, a better sister, a better husband, a better wife, a better student, a better friend, a better boss, a better employee. And, and as I was thinking through what New Year's means, uh, ultimately I, I sit on the, on the realm of new possibilities. If I'm being honest this morning, uh, I don't want to start New Year's off as, as being a liar. I don't want the first Sunday to be marked with me being a liar. But as I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about, you know, the things that, that I believe that God wants to do in this church, but also, more importantly, uh, more specifically in my life, as I was putting this list together, I started to, to very quickly begin to put this list together for other people that exist in my world. You know what I mean? So, like, I very quickly, very, it was about a 10-minute span of thinking where I started to think about how Jen can be a better wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. I, I, I started thinking about how Jen could become, be a better wife. I started thinking about how my parents could be better. I started thinking about how uh, my kids could be better. I started thinking about how the church staff could be better, how my brother could be better. And it was, it was and again, it was about 10 minutes where all of, I was just thinking about all the people that were in the scope of my experiences, the scope of my life. And I started just thinking and putting this list together of, of man, it, it, they, they could be better this way, they should be better this way, and for about 10 minutes, I just began to kind of like just verbally make this checklist for everybody, and then after about 10 minutes, I kind of had this mental breath where my brain had to breathe for a second, and it was in that mental breath moment that God really spoke to my heart and very and spoke very directly to the circumstance and situation that I was finding myself in. And it wasn't one of those moments, and it wasn't one of those circumstances or situations where I actually heard the audible voice of God. It wasn't one of those moments. Now, I do believe that God can and does speak very audibly to people. I, I, I've seen it happen. He's done it. He's spoken very audibly, very, very directly to me. But this, in this case, this wasn't one of those moments. Uh, what it was, was it was a remembrance of a conversation that Jen and I had while we were in Brainerd. Uh, we were in Brainerd all of last week, spending time with Jen's family, uh, celebrating Christmas with them. And we were, we, there were 13 of us in a house. And four of those people were under the age of six. And then one was coming. So it was just like an emotional roller coaster all day long. Dudes outnumbered sorrily. So every night at about 10.30, it became bro movie night where we just went downstairs to my father-in-law's theater room, and we just watched whatever movie had explosions in it. That's all we did. And, and I mean, and so, but I mean, it was, a, it was a, but there was a moment where Jen and I was like, we have got to get out of here. We've got to run some errands and, and just breathe. So we got in the car, we started driving around, and we were just laughing and having a good time. And all of a sudden, Jen brought up this, this news um, article that she had come upon and she read and um and and so this was what i believe that god spoke to me and and so i'm going to put the article up for you online it's from the huffington post and the article is called maybe you get bad customer service because you're a bad customer maybe you get bad customer service because you're a bad customer and in this article, the author uh, brings up a very profound but very, very simple reality directed specifically at a customer of a fast food franchise. And the reality that he brings is this. Maybe the service industry isn't against you as an individual, but maybe you're just a horrible customer. And for some of you today, this could be an aha moment. You may not hear anything else that I say but maybe it's this idea that we have to remember that we are humans existing in a world with humans. And because humans are imperfect, there is the tendency for human beings to make mistakes. And if human beings have the tendency of making mistakes, could we also have the tendency of making mistakes? And in that, in so doing, maybe instead of freaking out at the waitress at Applebee's because she forgot to take off your pickles with, uh, off your burger, which in all honesty, how many of us usually forget to ask for there to be no pickles on our burgers? Sometimes we forget, and then we, so we, we kind of freak out and have this moment, and 
And I, I've seen it happen in so many people's lives where I just, I hear all these stories about all these horrible experiences. Every time they go out, they have a horrible experience. And I started to think in the midst of this conversation, if you're having such a horrible experience everywhere you go, then could it possibly mean that it's not them, but it could be you? And God spoke this article back into my heart as I was sitting in my basement last night. And I began to have the realization that if I want good customer service, then shouldn't I be a good customer? And then, the, then all these hard realities began to come in, in, into my mind and into my heart that, man, if I, plain and simple, if I want to be a good husband, if I want to have a good wife, shouldn't, then shouldn't I be a good husband? If I want good kids, then shouldn't I be a good dad? If I want my staff, the staff of this church, to be great, well, then shouldn't I strive to be great as well? And over and over again, God began to bring to my mind this profound reality that at the heart of the things that I want to be different the most, at the heart of it, at the center of it, there, there exists me. I'm the common denominator. See, the, the reality is we, we live in a culture of ifs and thens. We, we live in a very much a culture of ifs and thens. And, and if you're a parent, you, you, you understand what this is. Uh, if you, if you have, and right now we are so in the middle of it with our youngest, Addison. Uh, we are in the process of potty training because we've got to complete that task before Friday because she starts preschool Friday. And, and, so we, but she, and so here's the deal. She pees in the potty great. We are stuck on poopy. Like, it is just a mind-numbing experience. And so as I am thinking about this morning, as I'm thinking about what I, I really do believe God wants to speak to this morning, I, 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 find, I found myself kind of chuckling as I was sitting on the floor Saturday morning with my youngest on the potty, and I remember saying, and I think it's funny that I just call it a potty. Uh, I, I, and we're sitting on the floor, and, and, and she's not going poop. And I, I tell her, I said, Addison, here's the deal. If you go poop on the potty, then I will buy you whatever you want. You can have whatever you want if you go on the potty. What she really wants right now is this little workbench. Um, this Melissa and Doug little, like, workbench with, like, a saw and a hammer and all these cool things. And that's what she wants. And I told her, I was like, I will go out, like, right after. If you poop, I will get my shoes and I will go buy it. If you do it, then I will do this. And we live in this context and this world that exists with so many ifs and thens. Here's the, if, if you want to keep your job, then be a good employee. You know what I mean? If you want uh, to get good grades, then be studious with your time. Be, be responsible with your time. If you, um, I mean, you can fill in the blank however you want. You can fill in the circumstances and the situations. But life is so full of these if and then moments. And, and if I were to give everyone 10 seconds, you could probably come up with at least five. But what I know is that in 2017, if you want God to do something ex extraordinary, then there are things in your life this morning that I believe that you need to reconcile to him, you need to submit to him, you need to allow him to break into, and you need to allow him to give birth to or grow these things in you. We, we exist in ifs and thens. And if you have a Bible this morning, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles is in the Old Testament, specifically chapter 7. And... Um, 
And over the next few weeks, what we're going to do in the book of 2 Chronicles is we're going to dive into um, eight verses that I believe are very significant, very profound, very, um, very challenging, but if, if put into practice in our lives, maybe not the, 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 um, the systematic methodology of, of these, these statements, but really put into practice the heart of what they are, I believe that they have the tendency of, of altering your year or maybe even your life. And so what we find is as we are getting into Second um, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, what we're finding is that uh, King Solomon um, has built a temple for the Lord. He has built a temple for God where the presence of God dwells. And, and in the midst of Solomon completing this temple, God, begin, God shows up to, to King Solomon in a dream. And, and so the verses that are going to be on the screen are going to be uh, verses 14 through 16. But just for context's sake, I'm going to start in verse 12. Um, but this is what the Word of God says to us this morning. It says, starting in verse 12, um, Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer. And I have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. I think it's very unique and very, um, very, very cool that sometimes that God brings into reality the fact that in times there might be difficulties in life. Now, whether this is a result of something or simply whether God sometimes has to bring about difficult situations because it's simply a part of his sovereign plan. And that's, you know, that's a pretty, I'll say that's a, that's a pretty church word. And what I want to do this year is I want to I help bring context to those. And so when I talk about God being sovereign, I'm actually going to throw this slide up on the screen. Um, sovereign is a noun. And what sovereign means is that one who pos- is possessing or Holds to possess supreme power or authority and acknowledged leader. And, and so and when we talk about the fact that God is sovereign, we are ultimately saying that he is the one possessing and holding supreme power or authority. He, we are acknowledging him as Motion City Church as our leader. So if you've ever wondered, man, what is the, the cornerstone of, of Motion City Church. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. As Motion City Church, we acknowledge that God is our leader. We acknowledge that God is our leader. And so what we've got is we've got Solomon building this, this temple, and God speaking to Solomon says, I have chosen this place to be a place where my presence dwells, where people encounter who I am. But here's the deal, Solomon. There's going to be times... When I may do things that either don't make sense or are painful. There may be times when I'll do things that you don't quite understand. There may be times and seasons where you don't get what I'm doing. And and then God says this, starting in verse 14. Then, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to every prayer made in this place, for I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart." 
we will never see, and you will never see, and I will never see what God wants to do in your life until we first understand that we are to seek his ways and submit our plans to him because he is sovereign, because he is the creator, and we are the creation. When when we have good plans, God has greater plans. And, and in my life, man, I have settled for good plans when God has great plans for me. And so what God does with Solomon is he lays out a series of ifs and thens. And, and the thing that is kind of profound is that God in his nature is unconditional. He, is, he has unconditional love. He unconditionally uh, gives us his son, Jesus. But because we are his creation, he sets up what I like to call guardrails for how we are to live our lives, how we are c- to conduct ourselves if we are uh, followers of, of Jesus. And so what God does is he lays out for Solomon a series of, of ifs and thens. And so I'm just going to go through these really quick, just as the Bible says. And so these are the ifs. If you're taking notes, you can just write if, and I'm just going to just go through these really quick. He says, if my people, if those who have called on the name of the Lord and surrendered your life to him, man, this is you. This is me. This is us. We are God's people. We are called by his name. We are purposed for his purposes. And if God's people, if his people will humble themselves. And this is something that I find so difficult because I, that means I have to submit and surrender my pride, my stubbornness, my agendas, my, my plans, my purposes, my past, my future, my present. I have to submit those and surrender those things to God. So when I come into God's presence, when I come into an experience with God, I have to first humble myself. Then next is that we are called to pray, bring our requests, bring our petitions, bring our praises to God. And if we seek his face, which means that we are rejecting self-seeking and self, a self-seeking life and self-reliance. Man, that is so hard sometimes. That is so hard sometimes. Because I feel like at times I am better at being in control of my life than God is. Because if I'm just honest, I'm the one living it. You know what I mean? Like there's a sense of ownership because it's my experience. And when it comes to seeking God's face, what I have to do and what I want to encourage us to do this year is to reject kind of this self-seeking, what's in it for me, I'm going to get it for myself sort of lifestyle. And and this idea of being self-reliant, seeking God's face means turning from those things and being fully reliant on who God is and his plans and his purposes and his ways. And then this last one, is turning from our wicked ways. Man, this is the repentance moment. This is the moment where we understand that our lives are broken. We understand that we are nothing without God, and we are turning from who we were, and we are running towards who God has called us to be. And so what God is saying is, man, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, would submit, would surrender, and, and, and pray, bring their requests, bring their petitions, bring their praises, bring their concerns to me, and reject this sort of self-seeking, self-reliance life, lifestyle and repent and turn from who they were and be, and chase after who I've created and purpose to be then God says I will hear from heaven man what an overwhelming just what an overwhelming thought 
that in the spans of the universe, God would turn his ear and hear from heaven me. And he says, I'm going to forgive their sins. I'm gonna t- God says, I'm going to take those steps necessary, and I'm going to forgive the sin to restore the relationship. And it puts us back into a position and a place to receive from God, receive his blessing, receive his purpose, receive to the, 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 the kind of the, the, the trajectory of moving into the plans that he has for us, and then heal their land. And I don't know about you, but man, most of the experiences in 2016 has led me to believe that we exist in a land that needs healing. We exist in a world that needs healing. I exist in a life that needs healing. And I don't want us to start to, and what I would fear is that this morning we would think that this is sort of a formulaic sort of experience. Okay, well, if I do this, then God will, then I'm twisting God's arm and God will do what I want him to do, no matter what it is, no matter what I ask for. And it's not a formulaic twisting of the arm. What it again, it comes back down to is that list that God was, was, was checking in my spirit at the beginning of the message was that, see, here's the thing, man. God has given you and me everything that we could ever want or need in the person of Jesus. Man, our eternity through Christ is set. Man, I don't have to, I, mean, I remember living so much of my life fearing death, and now because of Jesus, man, I don't have to fear death, but I can walk into death confidently because it has been conquered by the Savior of the world. I can know, I can be confident and assured of what waits on the other side of this life which is ultimately the life that I want, which is the life that is spent in the presence of God. Man, there, I, and I, I, I don't want us to think and fall into this understanding that if, mind, if I do these things, then God will do what I ask. What, again, it comes back down to is the fact that at the root of it, we have a posture and a position problem, I think, as 21st century Christians. I think that we feel like we're more entitled than, than what we are. We've already been given everything we could have ever wanted or needed in the person of Jesus. And, and so everything, I, t- I tell my kids is everything that, that God gives us beyond that is frosting. Who doesn't like frosting? If you don't like frosting, humble yourself, pray, seek God's face, turn from your wicked ways, because frosting is amazing. Um, but we have to understand that as God's creation, there is a posture that we take. When we pursue and seek God's presence, there's a posture that we're called to take, and it's very much a posture of humility. It's very much a posture of understanding that we are the creation and that God is the creator. We are submitting to his sovereignness, and so because he is sovereign, because he is our leader, because we acknowledge that, that he is the one who has all supreme authority, then, then, then the things that come in our life, man, we continue to submit those things to him. We continue to humble ourselves. We continue to pray. We, bec- we continue to seek God's face. We continue to turn from our wicked ways because, man, isn't it funny that no matter how hard we try, sometimes wickedness just kind of creeps up at times. And as God's people, when we come to God in the position that we've been created and purposed for, which is to be in his presence, which is to be in his proximity, but I believe that we, would see, we will see God do 
what we, we've been believing and hoping for God to do. I believe that when we, when we exist in this posture of humility, when we seek God's face, when we pray without ceasing, when we continue to turn from our wicked ways and, and, and shift ourselves over to the path and purpose that God has for us, I do believe that he hears us. And I do believe that in Christ our sins are forgiven. And I do believe that regardless if the circumstances feel like it or not, God is in the business of healing. And so one of the things that I'm super excited about as we kind of kick off this series, and I know that it's, it's, it's a huge umbrella to be existing in. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of a huge umbrella to kick off the new year. Um, you know, maybe not so much of a motivational talk, but, uh, you know, what I want is I want us to understand that, um, man, I believe that God has great things for you this year. I believe that God has great things for me this year. And so as we kick off 2017, what, I, what we're going to be doing as a church starting on uh, Wednesday, January 11th, is we are going to be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, we are going to, as a church, designate 21 days in the first month of this year. And we're going to shift our focus away from what we left in 2016 and refocusing our, our gaze, our perspective, our heart, our trajectory onto God. Now, if, if you haven't grown up in church, don't know what fasting is, or just kind of like, man, I, I've heard about it, but I don't, we never did it, I'd have, never, I'd have no context. What fasting ultimately is, is where we deny ourselves something we love or value and replace that thing or those things with the passionate pursuit of God. Um, I remember one year we were getting ready for a missions trip uh, when I was in high school. My brother and I were going to Poland. And we were encouraged to fast something. And we were encouraged to give up something and in replacement of that, put God. You know, so the thing that we put the most effort towards, man, what if we replace that effort with the pursuit of God? And I remember when my brother, and this was actually a very big deal, my brother f decided to fast video games. My brother's a gamer, like just a gamer. It's ridiculously good at whatever video game. He's just good, but he, he just kind of gets lost in this world. Of video games, and I remember him saying that. I'm like, man, then you have nothing to do all day, every day, except just pray and see God. And he did it. And he replaced that time. And I would, I, you know, he would say, he would say it now. He, so I'm going to speak for him because he would say he said it before. All that wasted dead space, and he purposed that time to pursue God and the things that God revealed to him. I mean, it was, it was during that time and he got his call into ministry. It was in that time that God really began to, to reveal things to him that, that what Matt continues to say is, man, if I would have just taken that time earlier to listen or create space to listen, um, he, and he's just, man, how, how amazing would that have been? You know, for some people it may be food. Uh, we fa we fast food. We deny ourselves something that is 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 good, and, and we replace that meal or those meals with seeking after God. Um, some people, because of health reasons, can't do that. So you can deny yourself. And I just wrote down some things that I I remember hearing people. Uh, you can replace. Uh, you can fast talk radio. Uh, you can fast television, uh, video games. You can fast podcasts. You could fast. Um, 
the news. I don't know. You can. There's a variety of certain things that we can fast, but but the purpose of fasting isn't that we just remove something, but that we replace it with once again the passionate pursuit of God. And and the best definition that I could come up with about fasting is this: fasting is the act of drawing away from the world and drawing closer to God. So one week from this Wednesday, we're going to start our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and and and. And, and, and as a church, we're going to help throughout the process. We're going to, you know, there, 21 days seems very, it's, it's a long time, but, you know, those things, man, what do, what do I pray about? We're going to help you. We're going to, you know, do things on social media, through our website. Uh, we're going to come up with a 21-day prayer and fasting guide, things that you can pray for, people you can pray for. And so we'll, 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 there'll be kind of helpers or motivation uh, throughout the 21 days. Um, but over the next week, what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you about, to pray about and go before God and seek God and think about what are the things that you could fast and replace with the pursuit of God. And next week, as, as we leave, we're going to give you uh, just a, a small little handout. It's going to kind of contain the, the guide, the fasting guide, and kind of just an, a, a greater explanation as to why we fast, um, where we find it in the scriptures that people fasted. But, um, but what I know is if we want to see God do what only God can do in our lives this year, then we have a responsibility We have a responsibility to, to, to go after what we want God to do as, as much as we just want. Sometimes I just, I know for me, I just want him to just kind of give it to me. And, and if we want to see God do something, then, then we have a responsibility on this end as well. And so um, as Nathan and Elena come back up this morning as we close, uh, I know I've hit it a couple of times, but I know that we all exist with ifs and thens. Um, I know that there's things in your life that you've been wanting. The things that, there are things that you've been praying for. There are things that you are needing and hoping for. Because I have things that I've been wanting and praying for and needing and hoping for. And, and we all have these, these lives of, of, of ifs. But the question that I have to ask myself this morning is the question I hope that you ask yourself this morning. And that would be, what would you be willing to do to see those ifs happen in your life? What would you be willing to do to see those ifs happen in your life? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins restore their land. Heavenly Father, I just God, I want everything you have for me this year. God, I want everything for the people of Motion City Church that you have for them this year. And God, as we step into a new season, something we've never done before, something we've never really uh, pursued before, which is this 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, I pray that, that we wouldn't see it as intimidating. God, help us not to see it as intimidating, but help us to see it as an opportunity to go after you, to go after your ways, to go after your plans. Because God, I, I, I truly believe that God, the things that you're calling me to sacrifice 
pale in comparison to what you have for me. It's just a meal. It's just television. It's just video games. It's just social media. It's just fill in the blank. But God, what you have for me is so much greater than the good things, God, that you're calling me to lay aside. God, would this be a year of revelation? Would this be a year of new blessing, of new purpose, of new passion, of new experiences? God, may we experience you in a new way today. God, may we passionately pursue your presence above all things. God, we designate this year for you. God, I pray, I commission this year for your plans and for your purposes. God, I think of, uh, of Matt and Amanda Van Winkle and, and Hadley, God, as they're getting ready in this year to, to plant their church. God, I, Father, I pray, God, that you would just open up the heavens of blessing over their endeavor. God, would you just create open-door opportunities for them to pitch and, and speak about the vision and purpose of, of the church, God, that you birthed in them to plant. And God, may people not be light with the financial blessings that it takes to start this God, would you pour out your blessing for them? God, would you pour out your blessing towards them? God, would you bind them together as a family as they endeavor on this painstaking experience but worthwhile experience all the same? God, would you do greater things in that church than the good plans that they have? God, would you do greater things in this church than the good things that we have? God, may this be a year where we see people encounter your presence, not simply a presentation. And God, would you move upon us starting next Wednesday? God, would this be 21 profound days? So God, in this time as we respond, as we worship, as we yeah, maybe take that first step into the pool of pursuing your presence. God, would you once again meet us where we are? Would you minister to where we are? Would you speak to where we're at? And God, would we leave this place changed? Poised and positioned for this to be a year of incredible blessing. It's in your name I pray. Church, would you stand and we're gonna spend a few moments in worship and then we'll come I'll come up and we'll be dismissed. Once again, thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. We want to be able to walk with you and beside you as you go throughout life. So if you ever have a need for prayer, we want to be able to pray with you. Please email us at motioncityprayer at gmail.com. We would also love to have you join us in person next week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Falwell School of Performing Arts. We hope you have a fantastic week.